Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of You Press Play Sports. I'm your host and business manager, Richard Pereira. Joining me today is photo lead photographer, Essin Parker, and staff writer, Kevin Garcia. What's up, guys? How's it been going? Hey, everything's going well. How about yourself? And good, that, man. Good. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad myself either. Um, uh, for starting off with FEU Sports, uh, pretty respectable for both men's and women's basketball, starting off with the men's. After a heartbreaking loss uh, on January 27 on a Thursday on the road at El Paso, Texas, due to a game-winning buzzer beater with a second-chance tip-in from UTEP, uh, the, the Owls fell 70-68. to But after that, they rebounded with a 73-64 victory at San Antonio against the UTSA Roadrunners. So, guys, uh, how do you think of the men's uh, mounting back after a tough loss on last Thursday? I think it definitely showed some resilience, especially because they've struggled mightily on the road. Um, And Coach May and, like, talking to other members of the team, they – like. They, they were the first to tell us, you know, that they needed a road win badly. Um, and, you know, they've come so close. So I think getting that, you know, that, that one really close win um, compared to the other close losses they've had will give them a lot of confidence on the road because it, th- this team has a lot of firepower. It's just a matter of can they put it together, I think, consistently more on the road. So... Yeah, I think that's key. And with all that being said, though, the next, what, three games for the men's basketball team is at home. So I think they need to take care of business at home in this coming week and next week. But, yeah, I mean, it was good to see them bounce back. It showed a lot of grit. Um, it, you could easily beat yourself up and think, oh, what, what could have happened? Could we play better when you lose in, in that buzzer beater fashion? But they came right back swinging and got the job done. So it's good to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, in these last two games, you kind of saw a next man up mentality against UTEP. Uh, Vlad Golden, he had a career high 19 points on nine for 12 shooting, like easily one of his best performances of the season. And then you see the win against UTSA. Brian Greenlee and Elijah Martin shared no scoring load as the starters with 16 points each. And then you see Janelle Davis coming off the bench with 15 points, being as scrappy as he can be. So having that next man up mentality offensively definitely helps the Owls, especially as they approach a three-game homestand, starting off with on Thursday against uh, Louisiana Tech, which is going to be an interesting game because L- Louisiana Tech, or well-known as LA Tech, um, they've been pretty good team in the West Division of Conference USA. So that will be a very interesting matchup for the Owls to go up against. And then on Saturday, they have Old Dominion, I mean, South, Southern Miss, which I will be at in person. And then they, on uh, next, next week, uh, next Tuesday, they'll have Old Dominion. So we'll see how everything goes from there. But so far, it's good to get another road win, especially w- with uh, wins in Conference USA being very crucial. Moving on from men's basketball, we have uh, women's basketball. And they managed to get some luck on uh, last Thursday as they did beat UTEP, the team they lost to uh, in the quarterfinals of the last Conference USA tournament. They won at home 54-52. Uh, 
uh, but couldn't keep it up as they lost to a uh, bottom ranked uh, UTSA 49-44. So it's kind of not what we expected uh, in the last episode, but hey, they managed to pick up a win against the team they lost to last season in the conference tournament. But pretty tough to lose to a team that we convincingly beat last season in conference play. Yeah, the, the sequence of games, it's really, I guess, if you could say, has described the season. It's been such an up and down season for the women. Um, it, it, they, when things start to look good, then they go on a losing streak or or like like we have here where they win one one game, an impressive win over a team that they probably shouldn't have beaten on paper. And then the team that they should have beat on paper, they can't get the job done. So it's it's, um, it's a merit of inconsistency. And, and I think especially against UTEP, you know, a team that had depth um, yeah. or that has depth where when you look at our bench, it's really limited. Um, and, um, you know, having Amber Gaston back, you, you saw what a difference she makes in that victory over UTEP. Um, but, I mean, outside of her, you know, we're, we're struggling inside the paint. Um, and we have a lot of players that, um, you know, for a more forward positions, but, um, it's, it's, I mean, like you said, it's, it's been up and down. So, um, but it was really encouraging to see them get that win and you could see how much it meant to all the players and, and coach Sullivan as well. So, um, maybe that little bit of confidence can help for the rest of the season, but, you know, also after that, uh, following it up with that loss to UTSA, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's just a hard team to predict. Yeah, definitely. Um, while their defense continues to be solid for the most part, the offense, it's kind of not a coincidence that their win against UTEP ha- had them going over 50 points. They had 54, and most of their recent losses, were they, had, they were under 50 most of the time. So <laughs> that offense, uh, limited as it may be, it has to step up as we get closer to the end of conference play uh, as we just start February and we're in like the second half of conference play. So similar to the similar to men's basketball, but different as they will be on the road. Women's basketball will be at Louisiana to take on LA tech and Southern miss on Saturday. But unlike um, men's basketball who will take on all the mini on Tuesday, Women's basketball will take on the Charlotte 49ers on the 7th uh, on a Monday in Charlotte, North Carolina. So three straight road games, which is going to be a tough task for the for the Owls to execute on because they are one in six on the road, which is not very. Um, it's pretty tough to say that has there has been a lot of good that has come from that, but. God, I wish them the best of luck, and hopefully they can steal a win or two on the road. And that will conclude uh, our section with FEU Sports. Now we go to the national level. And starting with the NFL, two amazing games in the conference championships, one that featured an upset and one that featured a comedic interception by a former Patriot, Jimmy Garoppolo. (laughs) And because of that, we have the Rams and Bengals, the the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Who would have thought the Cincinnati Bengals returning to the Super Bowl for the first time since, like, what, the late 80s? Which I thought they went to the Super Bowl, I believe, was 31 years ago. 
31. Okay, so crazy. Like definitely 80s, but yeah. But man. Did, did, do you know what the over under for, for uh, what Vegas had for the win loss over under for the Bengals was going into the season? It was like, I think, six and a half games the Bengals were predicted to win this year. And now they're going to the Super Bowl. I mean, the, oh. the odds were insane in, in their, um, against them going into the season. But, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow, is he's a budding star. He's, like, becoming the face of the NFL, it seems like. And, I mean, to, to, to think that, like you said, Kevin, at the beginning of this season, no one – I mean, there were some people I'm sure that were thinking of the Bengals as being playoff contenders, but a Super Bowl contender? <laughs> like, this season continues to be so unpredictable, but also so much fun at the same time. I mean, uh, it was it's really cool to see, too, for Cincinnati because he, before this season, they hadn't won a playoff game since they made it to the Super Bowl all those years ago. So to get this far in this amount of time, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, seeing the Bengals upset the Kansas city chiefs in the way they did, especially after they were down, like what, uh, 21 to three. And then they go on like a 24 to three run <laughs> to escape with the victory in overtime after picking off Patrick Mahomes on the first possession of overtime, that, that is incredible. Like you gotta give, you gotta give props to Cincinnati. They really pulled this year off. And while I do see them as underdogs against the LA Rams, uh, we will save our predictions for the Super Bowl next for next, for the next episode. But, and then you look at the LA Rams, they really got a great quarterback in Matt, Matt Stafford and they have a loaded offense and defense especially on the defense with Aaron Donald and then you'd see the offense with Connor cup and uh, uh, Odell Beckham jr. <laughs> it's it's going to be a very interesting game, but I, I do see like, or like a, just a quick say uh, that I do see the LA Rams as a favorite in the Super Bowl. So there's that. Uh, is there anything that you will want to say about the conference championships? Yeah, I just want to say that that the Chiefs cost a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> like, like, like that, I don't, I don't think there's been a bigger upset in conference championship history uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. I, I can't remember one that's been a bigger upset than this. It, they were, it, yeah, it's crazy. A lot of people had a lot of money on the Chiefs, and they they let us all down. <laughs> but yeah, um, and when it comes to the Bengals Rams, there will be three. FAU, former FAU players who will be in the Super Bowl. From Cincinnati's end, it will be Trey Hendrickson, who played a who played a who played very well against Kansas City, getting a sack on Patch on Mahomes, and good for him. And and two players on the LA Rams, uh, Buddy Howell, who is uh, who tends to appear occasionally in the regular lineup for the Rams and uh, on the practice squad for the Rams, uh, Sherrod Neesman. So. It's, we do have three former FAU players on both sides uh, being in the Super Bowl, which is always great to see uh, as uh, FAU fans. So moving on from the NFL, we have the NBA. And for this section, we'll focus particularly on the, the all-star starters 
for All-Star Weekend that was announced very recently, uh, 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 last week. So looking at the East pool, we have uh, Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets, Giannis Antetokounmpo from the Milwaukee Bucks, DeMar DeRozan from the Chicago Bulls, Joel Embiid from the Philadelphia 76ers, and Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks. And from the West pool, we have LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers, Steph Curry from the Golden State Warriors, okay, Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets, John Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies, and the most surprising one, Andrew Wiggins from the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> so what do you think of those two pools, guys? Oh, man. I mean, can we beat up on Wiggins for a minute? I think everyone else has done that already. Um, that, that's... <laughs> he has done very well this season. Like, there, no need to uh, – uh, there's no need to exaggerate like he's done very well this season and i've seen a lot of improvement i saw his performance uh on saturday against the brooklyn nets he played very well he really improved his offensive game he's become a lot more consistent playing under Golden state's offense so it like congrats to wiggins but man that was a surprising pick to see as a starter yeah yeah very surprising absolutely <laughs> i guess for wiggins it just took him a couple team switches and a few more years to develop into the all-star that he was initially drafted or thought he would be, you know, coming out of, uh, coming out of college. So um, it is cool to, to see him finally make like an all-star team as a starter. Um, so, but uh, I, I'm really excited for this, um, for this all-star year. This should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be. And as I mentioned in the in the West Pool, John Morant, who has played phenomenally well for the Memphis Grizzlies as they are in the top three of the Western Conference, which is always great to hear, like, uh, like a small market team that usually doesn't get the best talent in free agency, but they have a, like a, they have built their talent through the draft, especially getting John Morant and helping him and building the team around him that has allowed them to like be a potential heavy dark horse that is very strong in the West. So congrats, congrats to John Morant and best of luck to everybody else on the all-star starters and whoever gets selected for the all-star reserves in, in the long run. So moving on from the NBA, we have uh, U.S. soccer. So <laughs> I see that reaction, Eston. Um, so... Well, they did pick up a win uh, last week against uh, El Salvador, a 1-0 victory. Okay, not much to say there. They go on the road to Canada, who has done very well in World Cup qualifying. Like, uh, it looks like they're well on their way to qualifying for the first World Cup since 1986. So props to them. But what the U.S. did at Canada, they lost 2-0, um, and Canada was without uh, – uh, an all-star quality left back in Alfonso Davies from Bayern Munich. But after the loss, uh, head coach of, U of the U.S., Greg Berhalter, said <laughs> he celebrated the performance as dominant despite the defeat. And he was mostly talking about possession. Like, the, the U.S. did win the possession game, uh, like uh, 67, 33, 69, 31. Uh, whatever the number was 
but he said they dominated the game against Canada, even though they lost 2-0. So, Aston, I, I need to know your thoughts on this. Like, Okay. So, if Jesus Ferrer hit maybe – if he hit one of his two open shots that were available to him earlier in the game, um, we probably would have ended in a draw. Um, and it's great to win in possession, but um, it you're not dominating when you lose 2-0. Um, and honestly, it, it was just really frustrating because there wasn't no – Canada took the game to the States, whereas there wasn't really much of a big reaction for us. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to go too much into the, like, you know, into the roster pool. Like, you know, it would have been nice to have John Brooks starting instead of Miles Robinson, um, who got completely burnt on that first goal. Um, so it, it was just, um, it was really frustrating, but props to Canada, you know, they're without their, they're without the best player in CONCACAF and they're without another one of their best players who I forget his name, but um, I mean, they were without two big starters um, and they come in and they, while they haven't qualified yet, they're essentially in at this point. Um, So it was a really impressive win for Canada. And I guess from the U S perspective, thankfully we play Honduras tomorrow um which dominated and 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 also Honduras has been pretty lackluster um we we should take care of business but again this is U.S. soccer we're talking about we'll probably we'll probably win like one nil in the 89th minute so they'll have to make us wait and get real frustrated throughout the game and then we'll win and suddenly think that we're great again so yeah like the the U.S. men's soccer team has to get rid of the underestimating uh, teams that are, that they see as below them. And Canada really showed them that uh, uh, in the last game. But man, the U.S. should be Honduras. And as of the, as of this recording, the game is, is happening today on Tuesday. But yeah, the U.S. should be Honduras. But <laughs> seeing the, the, the description of their performance against Canada as dominant, when it should have been dominant in possession, but lackluster in actually being a winner. <laughs> it, it is frustrating. But hey, I, I do like the group of players that the U.S. team has. Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, uh, Matt Turner, who has done very well at the position. And I do like Tim Wea. He didn't play against Canada because uh, Canada wanted uh, two doses of the va- COVID-19 vaccine, and Tim Wea only had one dose so that kind of played a role into how they played offensively against Canada but still the U.S. should not be underestimating opponents and they have to execute a lot better than they have been as of recently so hopefully they pick up the win against Honduras and they do have the advantage that it's going to be in the cold in Minnesota which I think Honduras players may be uncomfortable with so we'll see how that goes And with that, that'll be it for this episode of You Press Play Sports. Make sure to hit like and subscribe. Click the bell to keep up with notifications from us. Also, be sure to go on upressonline.com to keep up with news, sports, and more content alike. To follow us on Twitter, it's for me, at Rich26Pereira. For Estin, it's at Estin Parker. And for Kevin, at KevinGar658.
Thanks for watching and have a great day.